Hello and come on down, it's time for For Your Reconsideration, the blankety-blank of film podcasts, which casts an eye over supposedly unloved movies to see if they are actually a supermarket sweep or a generation game. I'll leave you listeners to decide which way that goes. Here's Simon and James! <laughs> I love niche British game show references. I was say, <laughs> just really worried that was too niche. <laughs> oh, it was definitely too niche. <laughs> oh, good, good. Bye-bye, American audience! <laughs> Still great, though. Don't, don't make us too hip, Rob. It's one for the kids there, isn't it? <laughs> you know, blankety-blank. I know, yes. I'm so sorry. You know, I, so ridiculously, I, I picked three of my favourite games shows so supermarket sweep yeah obsessed with the inflatables on that program don't know why (laughs) get the inflatables (laughs) grab it now (laughs) i'm off sick from school grab it (laughs) um how are you both you all right yeah good thank you good mate good how are you uh oh yeah extremely well extremely well thank you what have you boys been watching this week right so uh since we last spoke i've had a couple of cinema trips you know obviously the world is sort of on fire constantly at the moment and there's a lot of industries that are really feeling the pinch at the moment but uh, cinemas are in a real bad state at the moment so i've been trying to go at least once a week just to you know help out in any way that i can so i've seen i'll I'll tell you about two movies that i saw on the big screen over the last two weeks uh so the first one uh, i went to see which i've been circling since cinemas reopened back in July is Unhinged, which is absolute pod fodder. Honestly, right? This is so in our wheelhouse, this movie. What is this? What is it? It's basically a trashy mix of Falling Down and Jewel with a psychotic Russell Crowe playing the lead role uh, to its absolute fattest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's ginormous in this movie. Is it like method? Is is he gone fat for the role, know. or is it just how Russell Crowe is these days? I don't think it's method. I think what it possibly is. I think he played Roger Ailes on a TV thing at the back end of last year, so he's possibly still carrying the weight for that. Right. But right I just love right. this idea that he just can't be asked getting into any sort of shape <laughs> for anything now. And I think it's a good. I think it's it. a road. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a road that once any male actor has won an Oscar, they should just let themselves go completely. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to see Fat Brad Pitt in like six years. That's going to be amazing. Awesome. My other shout out is uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is directed by Aaron Sorkin and features an all-star cast. It's a politically charged, entertaining and timely court drama that's based on a true story. It's a sort of mid-budget level mature movie that rarely makes it to cinema screens these days and has a real 90s legal drama feel to it, and I really enjoyed it. It's going to be on Netflix from the 16th of October, so it'll be on Netflix by the time this comes out. I think Paramount were originally going to release it, and then they sold it to Netflix, given the situation with the Rona and uh, and theatres. But it's really, really good and definitely worth a look. And what I would say is I'm not going to make anyone feel bad if they don't feel comfortable going to the cinema. But all I can say from the cinema that I've been to in my local area, it's sort of the safest place that I've been to in terms of the social distancing and the and the safety measures that they have in place. So if you feel like you're a bit apprehensive of going, I think most cinemas are taking it really seriously, those that are still open. And uh, if you can go and you feel comfortable to do so, then there's a couple of things that you could possibly go and see. Nice, nice. I enjoy that. 
Sai, what about you? So um, this week, I've been watching a whole bunch of Halloween movies. Uh. My other half found a list on social media where it's like one horror movie, like Halloween horror movie a day leading up to Halloween. So we've been like really good and like sat down every night to sit down to watch the next film on this list. It's been so A so far, um, mainly because it's it's just totally got rid of that hour long scrolling session you have yeah. trying to find a film to agree on to watch. Like we sit down, we know what we're going to watch. We're being told. I think it was on Instagram, and it's it, he's called Technically Ron. Um, I think he's on Twitter as well. It's it's his. It's basically his favorite Halloween movies. Obviously, don't want to go through all of them, but just a couple of highlights so far being the ones that I haven't watched before. So it's just like like a first watch. Uh, Train to Busan is amazing. The the Korean um, South Korean zombie film. Cool. Um, it's not that old. I think it's only a couple of years mm. old. I think mm. two or three years old, maybe. Yeah, there's a sequel coming out in November. I think. Is there a sequel? Is there a sequel? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. really enjoyed that. I think it's the best zombie movie I've seen since Twenty Eight Days Later. I think. Oh um, wow! Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. It's really good. And then, believe it or not, a film I've never seen before: uh, The Exorcist. Whoa! Um, finally, after all these years, get around to watch that. Whoa! Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I. I put it off for so long because I'm so scared of horror films. This is really helping with my cowardice when it comes to horror films, <laughs> so honestly. I'm becoming a bit better watching them because I'm usually such a bloody wuss when it comes to horror films. But no, The Exorcist is just brilliant. It's yeah. so good. It's astonishing. It goes well beyond what you would... For someone who, who, you know, I obviously know of it and I've seen scenes of it and you know all the pop culture references, parodies of it and things like that. So I kind of knew what was coming, but it's so much more than just a film about a little girl getting possessed. There's so much more going on with it, as you would expect from a Friedkin film. Yeah, and it's just it's brilliant. I just absolutely loved it. It's it's, it's shot up into my like all time top ten. I think it's just really good. Uh, mate, I just couldn't agree more. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but whenever I do, it's like such a massive treat. Yeah, you know, it's like hands of a master stuff, isn't it? It's just brilliant. I mean, it, it. some of the stories of what went on set are really, really horrible and freaking yeah. is a bit of a nutcase. But that sort of questionable stuff aside, it's a bloody great movie. It really is. Um, and then the last shout out. I mean, I obviously have seen this before. Uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking brilliant. I, I love it. Bette Midler. Uh, should have won an Oscar for that film. That's, uh, <laughs> yes, my hot, that's my hot take on Hocus Pocus. She is unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Have I told you my Hocus Pocus story before? No, but you are now. I think I might have mentioned it on the pod. I'll tell it again for any new listeners because uh, it's really embarrassing for me. Essentially, I went to a uh, a friend's birthday party and it was uh, a cinema party. So I would have been seven or eight. I think it came out in like 93 or 94 or something like that. And um, I was enjoying the film, eating loads and loads of sweets. And then there's a little bit, isn't there, where there's some like witch's fingers or something get crushed underneath a sewer. It's the, Yeah, it's uh, Doug Jones um, plays yeah. a, a, like a zombie in it. And his, yeah, his fingers get chopped off by a sewer lid. Well, my sweets that had gone into my tummy were so scared, they decided to make a run for it all <laughs> over the birthday boy. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> he had to be rushed off to the toilet. The rest of us just sat there watching the film, not a drop on anybody else. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday. At that, at that age, I wouldn't have been brave enough to go to see 
Hocus Pocus at the cinema, I don't think. It was a, uh, it's a PG. It was a it 90s, was a PG, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a 90s. <laughs> the usual thing, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I went to the cinema to watch that because the kid from Erie, Indiana was in it. Um, <laughs> I actually love that programme. And I, I only went to watch it because he was in it. And that was the sole reason I went to watch it. Nowadays, it's because of Bette Midler's stonking leading performance. <laughs> <laughs> She's so good at it. Um, but yeah, uh, what have you been watching, Rob? Well, for a start, I'm going to be looking at Bette Midler's back catalogue from this point. Um, <laughs> now, I, I also uh, decided to support the cinema industry by taking my family to the movies this week. Uh, before I go into what we watch, because um, yes, it's a humorous choice. Uh, the uh, message, though, I would uh, that you said, James, I would endorse. Dead simple way of doing this they've got everything mapped out go support your cinemas go support local movie houses please because the industry is perishing so if you it. feel comfortable to do so we're not of course of yeah. course of course no no we're not yeah sorry thanks it sounded like a call to arms but um genuinely it's the safest place i've felt in ages um but that said um i took the family to see trolls world tour <laughs> finally that's been like rolling around because it just got released when lockdown started did it well like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah poor trolls the, the absolute horror of it was we watched it and I'd obviously spent, you know, the Benjamins to take us there to see it. A family of five, it ain't cheap. And then it's Daddy, we want sweets, and Daddy, that you know, like all this. At least there's so. no pick and mix anymore. No, there's no pick and mix. Yeah, that's fact. true, yeah. 20 quid a bag. <laughs> no, no, oh, they, they found a way, believe me. Don't worry about that. Um, and then we got home, and um, like my eldest said, like, oh, look, Daddy, it's on Sky. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Um, Great music. Um, oh, look, I'm not going to complain. It was fun. The yeah. kids enjoyed the it. The magic um, of the big screen. It's just in Timberlake. He is, yeah, he is, yeah. Um, uh, playing Branch, who love, falls in love with Anna Kendrick's Poppy. Spoiler alert. Um, I don't think ardent viewers of the Trolls <laughs> movies <laughs> will be too upset <laughs> that's the direction of the new movie. But anyway, it had the Scorpions. Um uh, rock you like a hurricane on the big screen, which was, and this is actually a question I've got for you, Sai. Why do films, uh, why do songs sound so much better in the cinema than they do uh, in either my headphones or on TV or like when you're just listening to them? Why is this? Is it not just because you you've got like Dolby surround sound and it's just seven channels of awesomeness? Yeah, that well, that was a that was a. <laughs> That was a quick answer that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Great. Really don't no, know. I've got an answer. I've got that's exactly what I needed. We'll move swiftly on then. <laughs> um, I'm halfway through Karate Kid uh, for the first time ever. Oh, you're enjoying it? Really, really enjoying it. Um, hot takes. Ralph Macchio is actually really streetwise. Uh, hot take two. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi is not a little fat dude. No. He's nails. Also, I plucked up the courage to do something I've always wanted to do. Had to have a few beers for Dutch courage to get it done. But I sat the kids down and put gremlins on. I just thought, <laughs> wow, balls for this, we're doing it. And they loved it. They loved it. Were so, they scared? Um, I was traumatised as a child watching this. Oh, man, they loved it. The little lad wants a gremlins cake for his birthday. He's three on Friday. Jeez. <laughs> he absolutely loved it. Yeah, I I was a I'd say you know not, I'm not good with scary films, but I was all right with Gremlins. I Ooh. loved Gremlins when I was a kid. This is why I thought it might be an all right one because it's very fine line. This it one because they're clearly puppets. Yeah, you know, and it's quite funny as well, isn't it? It's got loads of funny bits in it. Yeah, 
Although I did say to my middle child, what was your favourite bit? And she said, the bit where the granny stairmaster got hijacked and she was blasted out of the window into the street. <laughs> yeah, interesting choice. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's been a good, uh, a good week, actually, for movie watching. But can I just quickly shout out a book? Because um, this relates to us and film and Steven Seagal, the author of... <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh the author of one of my favourite ever books Sigalogy is the ancient cool critic Vern um, and he has released Worm on a Hook a novel by Vern <laughs> um, can I just please just read this blurb to you and this is talking about the whole book then just listen to this right okay Vern gosh I love you man when they rented a cabin on Iskam Island for Memorial Day weekend, Carmen and friends figured they'd maybe do some hiking, probably some fishing, definitely some drinking. One thing that was not on the agenda, becoming prey to Stoneback, a legendary hook-handed killer returned from the grave with deadly skills and inhuman powers. Fortunately, there's one person on the island with elite combat training, a whole lot of weapons, and a damn good reason to put Stoneback's undead ass back in the dirt. Wow. Come on. Is it Seagal? Come on! Is it actually Seagal who's the leader? Well, I've not got to that bit yet. <laughs> but if it is a ponytailed dude who craps himself when he gets put in a chokehold, then we know, <laughs> we know what's happening. Uh, seriously, go. I'm, I'm reading it at the minute. It's loads and loads of fun. It's Vern, guys. Come on. Out there in film world, go to it. Amazing. So... This week's movie, um, Arisen, Arosid, gave birth to a question. That's it. That's the one. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> preferred Arosid. <laughs> it's Arosid a question. <laughs> uh, James, I think this was you this week. Tell me it was. No, it was me this week, finally. God, God damn, God damn it. You've got 50-50 uh, chance. You may as well just, uh, just every, week, every week I look at you on the screen and I'm like, which one? <laughs> Simon, you came up with a question for us this week. Go for it. I was watching this film and I was like, racking my brain trying to think, think of a question. And then I just last minute thought of it today and it just it's really plainly obvious. This movie is very much a high school movie. So... What is your guys' favourite film set in and around high school? Uh, can we? Can I get a, um, an enhanced definition of what denotes a high school movie? Oh, for God's sake! Just answer the question. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, is it is it the amount of time in the film spent in a high school, or is it the age of the main characters? Okay, the main characters are of high school age, and at least. 50% of the movie is set in and around the high school they reside at. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I needed, James. That's all I needed. <laughs> is that an, I'm not sure that's like an official genre uh, ruling, but uh, that's what we'll go with for this. In this, in this Just instance. wanted to I know. didn't realise we were going to get into the T's and C's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on this, on this basis, I mean, um, The Guest is a bit of a high school movie, isn't it? Oh, it is. I, that, yeah, that one. Yeah. Just about. Oh, does it? Oh, well, that then. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> James, have you got... Yeah, well, uh, I actually threw this out on the Twitter and uh, we got a couple of responses, quite good ones as well, I think uh, I'll shout out. So one listener, uh, LJ Human, is a real fan of The Faculty, the Robert Rodriguez <gasps> sci-fi 
horror movie, yes. which has often been discussed on this podcast, but has never got an episode yet. So no, no. I also like that movie a lot. Yeah, yeah it's great. Here. Yeah, I always forget about that one. Damn. That's in the conversation for the correct answers, that one. Yeah, because that is pretty much all set in the high school, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, part. it is, yeah. Uh, and another one of our followers on Twitter, uh, Con Frankowski, he shouted out 10 things I hate about you, which I watched recently with my wife while we were away on holiday and was completely charmed by. And that's a really good teen high school movie. Yes. Uh, so they're two really good suggestions personally as well. I also have a bit of a soft spot for um, for Superbad um, from, God, how old is that now? Must be about 15 years old. Yeah, Superbad. With uh, Jonah yeah. Hill and Michael so, Cera. The yeah. first 45 minutes of that movie is the f- most I've ever laughed in a cinema, I yeah. think. And also Booksmart from a couple of years ago, which is... <gasps> yeah, Booksmart is ace. Ah. So good. Is this the Olivia Wilde one? Yeah, yeah. Narratively similar. And it's actually um, Beanie Feldstein. Is is it Beanie Feldstein? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Bernie Feldstein is uh, is great in that movie. Obviously, she is the sister of Jonah Hill. Narratively, they're quite similar, but they're different takes on it. You get the male and the female perspective of last day of high school hijinks, and it's they're both really good. They'd make an excellent double bill. Nice. Yeah, they would. The thing I loved about Booksmart is just how like no one's a baddie, and there's no like needless yeah, yeah. villain in it. It's just everyone's got their own thing going on, and they're all charming in their own way. Like each and every character in it. It's it's a great movie. I I love that. I thought it was ace. Ah, sweet, sweet. Um. I think um, I don't. I've not seen Booksmart, but all the other ones I can't argue with at all. I really like. I don't know whether it qualifies because it's a spoof, but I really like Not Another Teen Movie. It mm. <laughs> definitely qualify. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. That's great though, and it's like like it early really Chris good. Evans, is it? Chris Evans being it brilliant is. in it. Um, he's he's so smug and gross in it, and he's ace. Yeah, he's very good. There's that shot where it's like the, he looks at his own picture, isn't it? And then it's like yeah, yeah. It zooms out, and it's his picture on the wall, and then he just turns around with the same face. It's so it's, good he's, that film. He is brilliant in that. I, I I thought that was a star making thing. That one. Yeah. I also um you know you could a road trip. You know, is very good. College, 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 college movie. Oh, no. Disqualified. Oh. <laughs> Early <laughs> DQ. <laughs> oh. After we oh. went through the terms and conditions. As well. <laughs> after, after I asked for them, I still got it wrong. Such an idiot. Roger um, Yeah, Roger Um I'm going to go with another one because it's not one. It's one that I find quite um, hard because. I think the high school that's portrayed in these movies is not often the high school that many people experience. And so it's like, it's not a favourite genre of mine at all. Although I do take some enjoyment of it in a sort of poking fun kind of way at it. So, you know, um, if there was any, ever any emo song on about um, a, you know, like um, about someone, you know, oh, she goes with the cool guys and all this. You know, like my response for ages was, ooh, high school, high school, high school. <laughs> <laughs> like a very strange person. Um, so I think um, mine's going to be an off-the-wall one. The new guy with DJ Qualls. Wow. Not I've seen never it. heard of that, <laughs> nor have I... Well, I've never seen that, nor have I heard of it. <laughs> if you like um, those fake rodeo bulls that are in bars in America that seems everywhere, there's a scene in that you will absolutely love. Wow. <laughs> Talk about niche. We, you know. <laughs> I, love how you, I love how you put forward a DJ Qualls double bill. <laughs> <I> know, <yeah. laughs> 
a disqualified DJ Quals. There won't be many DJ Quals double bills DJ out there. <laughs> the podcast that brings you everything. What about you, Si? What have you got? Well, I watched uh, recently watched Clueless for the first time, and that is oh. really good because that's like mm. a it's a it's a modern day retelling of Emma, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it's it's really good. It's really funny. It's really innocent and sweet. And Paul, young Paul Rudd's in it. Who's great? Yeah, he looks exactly the same. It's ridiculous. Yeah, what's he drinking? <laughs> what's going on here? It's ridiculous. I remember seeing the trailer for Clueless at the time and being like, why is there like a 40-year-old man in this movie? <laughs> but, <laughs> and then like playing a high school teenager. But uh, no, he's just really young and he just hasn't aged whatsoever. Like, it's just weird. It's just, it's just stuck at like, 25. But another one, I, d- I think I'm breaking my own rules with this one, actually. Not sure it counts. Uh, Friday Night Lights is not only my favourite sports movie, I'm going to squeeze it into classic. It's a high school movie as well because it's it a high school movie playing uh, American football and the pressures of um, the pressures of bloody playing American football for 15 year old, 16 year old kids is seemingly yeah. insane in, in Texas. And getting your heads mashed in. What a great movie that is. What a great, yeah, it is a great movie, it's isn't really it? Good. It is a great movie. I mean, that town is the worst place in the world to live. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so many times. And um, yeah, I mentioned The Exorcist has gone into my top 10. Friday Night Lights is one of my favourite films of all time, I think. I just love it. I've watched it so many times. It's, it's just brilliant. It's top notch. Nice. Very, very nice. Um Oh, yes, this is where we go into the movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, right. So, Simon, rolling on from yourself, it was your pick this week. Yes, it was. What have you got for us? So, after a high school cheerleader who looks about 25 develops a <laughs> penchant for eating her male classmates, it's up to her nerdy best friend to find out what's going on and put a stop to the gory madness. Uh, this is the Diablo Cody penned and Karen Kusama directed Jennifer's Body. You and me are going out tonight. Wear something cute, okay? You always do what Jennifer tells you to do. It's just that I like the same things that she likes. Hey, Jennifer. You look really pretty. Why don't you just come by my place? Well, this is random. This isn't really your house, is it? We can play mommy and daddy. No way. <laughs> we always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Hi, Chip. You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I only murder boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to. Okay. You can barely finish gym class. I find the name body difficult in any title (laughs) because it makes me think of... um, Body of evidence? No, it (laughs) makes me think of... Uh, Mr. R. Kelly, and oh, all I want to say is body <laughs> at any point. So this film is known as 
Jennifer's body. <laughs> so, um, what made you pick this film? I don't want to do it again. Oh. Please don't make me do it again. Oh, God. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to have to come clean with you, uh, lads. I hadn't actually seen this movie before I picked it. Oh! It's a uh, first! I made a, 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 a humongous punt on choosing this one. So basically, the story of it is, it's been on my list for ages to be on the potential on the pod because I just keep seeing it pop up again and again and again across social media, across lots of web, film websites and blogs about how underrated it is. So I've been meaning to watch it for ages to stick it on the pod to see whether it's one we can bring. And then uh, during the last record, I totally forgot it was my turn to pick a movie for the next one. <laughs> and James totally put me on the spot. So, and this was genuinely the first film that came to mind. And uh, I was like, "Oh, I've committed now." So <laughs> let's just let's just sure, take you, a pun. <laughs> you haven't you hadn't seen it before this I hadn't, week. Hadn't seen it before this week. No, <laughs> a, a massive massive pun. Well, I'm desperate, therefore, to ask the question, Simon. What is your relationship with Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> was it on your Halloween horrors list that you've got to make your way through, and you just fought two birds, one stone? No, yeah, I mean, you would, yeah, you, you would think so. Um, it's it's not actually, but um, I think also as well, we've done over fifty movies on the pod, and we still haven't had one from a female director. That's so shit from us, isn't it was it? about time. Yeah, oh, it was about seriously. time we featured one. It's an indictment of both us and the film industry. Yes, and <laughs> yes, yeah. Not not that it's good to have like, uh, yeah. Um, a, a film on like this talked about and judged by three dudes but uh, we're going to go for uh, it we'll do it anyway <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> so well uh, I've, you've answered the question Si uh, James what is your relationship <laughs> with Jennifer's body I don't like the way that's phrased <laughs> <laughs> so sorry <laughs> would you feel better if I sang it to you yeah. Arguably not. No, no, no that's <laughs> going to make it even worse. It's going to make it worse, especially in R. Kelly's voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I shock you? Most uh, just like the person who's picked the film this evening, I've never seen it before either. <laughs> but when Simon said that he was going to pick it and that we we're going to do it on the show, I was looking forward to it because I really like Diablo uh, Diablo Cody. And I've really enjoyed Karen Kasama's last two films as well. So I was excited to watch it, but I had never had, I never really, it never really registered with me. It just sort of came and went is my mm. remembering of it. And then Simon said, we we're going to do it on the pod. I was like, oh yeah, great. Not seen that before. I always like doing first watches on the pod. Yeah. So yeah, excited. Cool. Uh, I'm going to make this a full trifecta. Uh, I'd never seen it before either, but, I'd always thought I'd quite like to watch that one day. I like genre features, as we all know. So uh, when I saw the trailer back when it came out, it was like, oh, yeah, one day if that, you know, like if I was, um, if I'd ever sat down having, you know, of an evening or whatever, and I was scrolling through telly or whatever, uh, not that anybody does that anymore. Does that? Does <laughs> do's that? that? Oh, God, do. We're all over the that... fucking. Are we all pissed? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> 
not that anybody does that anymore. Um, um, I would have gone, oh, Jennifer's body. I've always wanted to see that. And I would have le- left it on and watched it or whatever. But we don't do that anymore. So I, it, there's never been the occasion. Um, so, yeah, I was really excited when Simon said, I've got this great movie that you'll all enjoy called Jennifer's Body. He <laughs> hey, I didn't say himself. that. I didn't take you down route. No, so I, just... I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so yeah so this is amazing so the three of us have (laughs) inadvertently decided to do a movie that none of us have seen before yeah this could go anywhere this could go anywhere i mean i will hold my hands up and take full uh responsibility for that uh, (laughs) why not let's mix it up a bit let's just let's do this let's do this so um i mean i assume you check therefore or someone checked that it qualifies james qualification is it done via box office uh, yeah, so it opened on September the 18th, 2009, and made $6.8 million in its opening weekend at the North American box office. It ended up finishing in fifth place that weekend behind uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which placed at number one. Nice it no was way. produced for $16 million. It ended up grossing $16 million in the U.S., and then 15 million in international sales for a worldwide total of 31, uh, just over 31 million uh, when it was all added up. So I think it was seen as a bit of a disappointment, but probably just about broke even. Right, right. So it it sort of scrapes, not qualifying in a way, if, you, if that's yeah, such yeah. a thing. We always say, don't we, like the marketing budget for a film yeah, must be release higher, of this yeah. size is usually at least 10 to 15 million on top you know you usually take the budget and then double it don't you yeah and obviously they probably thought it was a little bit disappointing because diablo cody had uh won an oscar the previous year for for her writing on juno yeah and she was like a real hot screenwriter at that time yes um yeah. probably like you know a bit like you know we we're discussing Aaron Sorkin earlier. You know that sort of name recognition for a screenwriter that doesn't come around all that often. Yeah. So I think they were hoping that that would give it a bit of a push, and then obviously Megan Fox coming off the Transformers films as well, but it just didn't materialise. And I think there's a number of different reasons for that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, as far as I can remember, this is one of those films where, or one of the prime examples of a film that had its writer actually had, was featured much more in the promotional gumph yeah. than anybody else in the production apart from the star in Megan Fox. Mm. Yeah. Which was really, uh, you know, really weird. Like, no, way more than the director. The director's name never, was never mentioned in the stuff. But Diablo Cody, as you say, James, was fresh and hot off that Oscar win. And I remember her being used in the marketing quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's mad. Um, side, then, in which case... Critically, I mean, I've, you know, we've all obviously got our own thoughts on the film, but like critically, how was it received? I have no clue. Yeah, it, this is where it, it does pretty much safely qualify. Um, Rotten Tomatoes got it 45% critically and 34% audience, so even lower oh, than the whoa. audience score. Um, Metacritic is slightly different 47 with an audience of 5.8, so still really low. And then three point one on Letterbox, so it's it's quite you know it, yeah. It's, I think it's creeping up on Letterbox because if you scroll through the upper end of the reviews, you know, like organ, you know, if you look at the most recent ones, it's getting so much love. Like in recent years, in particular from young women, 
and you know we'll, we'll we'll obviously touch upon why the film sort of failed but um you know it's picking up an audience which wasn't there 10 years ago um in terms of the critical reception though um sadly the sheriff didn't review this one oh my god no sheriff yeah it wasn't <laughs> Make us a wrong for this one, but uh, so we, we we mentioned him now and again, but um, not not that much. Mark Mode did a review on um, his radio show, and he quite liked it. So he said it wasn't quite scary enough for him, but admitted it was an enjoyable romp with its heart in in the right place. And uh, Pete Bradshaw liked it as well um, in the Guardian. Good old unpredictable pete bradshaw never know what he's going <laughs> so. but overall a lot of the critics were bemoaning how lackluster it was how like tame it was and there was a few reviews said how like visually boring it was as well there were some good reviews notably from uh, nigel floyd in time out who gave it four out of five actually and said by tapping into the same vein of hormonal horror as the excellent ginger snaps this offers a witty, subversive look at the darker side of teen friendship. And then that was sort of echoed by Catherine Bray on Film 4, who gave it three and a half out of five, and said, Jennifer's body has more to say about the dynamics of teenage female friendship, sexual power games, and the trials of adolescence than many a more self-consciously worthy film. And yeah, as I say, you go to those recent reviews on Letterboxd, and it seems people are starting to pick that up in recent times more so than at the time. There's loads of reasons why it, you know, loads of potential reasons why it failed. Uh, there was an interview with Emily van der Werf of, of Diablo Cody, and she believed that the marketing for the film was just all wrong. She argued with executives who were an all-male panel of ex- marketing executives who wanted it just to be all done for men uh, to go up at Megan Fox, basically. That was like the entire marketing campaign. It was uh, on a podcast for Vox, actually, um, which you can find in full on Vox.com, along with a a great article by Emily. Um, But the crux of the feeling from Cody was that the movie was also for girls, but the studios just did not make any attempt whatsoever to try and reach that audience. That's so depressing. Because this, for me, this is not a film for boys. Yeah, and that probably explains that audience um, score on Rotten Tomatoes as well, because I've had a quick look at some of the marketing for this, and it's selling a completely different film yeah. to what it is, and it is going after trying to titillate, you know, teenage boys essentially, yeah. who 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 fancy Megan Fox, and that isn't what the film's about at all. And it's directed by a woman; it doesn't have that that sort of you know lurid. Uh, male gaze on the on the female characters yes. at all. So, yeah. to be honest with you, that that's probably driven the audience score down because a load of blokes have watched it, and then they've seen a film that they basically the film that they saw is not the film that they got essentially because the marketing mm. misrepresented what the film was mm. actually about. Yeah, I find that really really interesting. That that because I know that. Um... I, I, as you know, I don't read a lot of trivia on the films because I really like the voyage of discovery of you guys telling them to me on the podcast. But I know that Seafried and uh, Fox say this is their favourite film both of them have ever done. Yeah. yeah. And so it feels like you've got these four women here, including the director and screenwriter, bucking against the cinematic system that it was inherently male and wanted this to all be packaged and presented in an entirely different way. And they still managed to make this movie the way they wanted to make it. Mm. 
I just find it, find it, you know, on one hand inspiring, but on the other hand, deeply depressing. Yeah, because the marketing guys have just clearly taken over as well. And I think there's potentially some of that in the film as well, because some of it feels a bit like like any rough edges it might have had have been sort of shaven off. It's supposed to be a unrated version, which is five minutes longer, which has right. more gore and more um, potentially more scares in there and is a bit of a riskier edit. Yeah. But this this feels like it's been sort of focus grouped to death. Yes, and yeah, in a way. Yeah, some of the yeah. some of the more jagged edges have been taken off it. Yeah, that's 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 interesting as well. Something else you mentioned, Sai, before is uh, one of the reviews you mentioned took issue that the film was visually dull. Yeah, that, uh, I saw it a couple of times. I don't, uh, I don't really like na- name checking the negative ones. I just like I've, I've sort of no, like no, no, no. the positive ones. But yeah, that uh, you definitely see that a few times on a. Few, yeah, no, I don't yeah. think this is a dull looking movie at all. Anyway, um, but we will get to that. So this was directed by Karen Kasama. Um, James, you mentioned that you were a fan of her work before this. Yeah. Um, so not the film that she... I haven't seen the two films that she directed before this one. Oh, right. Uh, she directed a film called Girl Fight in which she sort of discovered Michelle Rodriguez and that was an independent film about a female boxer, I believe. And then she got a big studio gig directing uh, a film called Aeon Flux, which was like a female oh, the action Theron movie one. with Charlie mm. Theron, and it's quite a huge bomb, I think. Yeah, so, it was adapted from um, an animated series, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that used to be on MTV, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. yeah, and it didn't hit, and then she she rolled onto, onto this movie. But the films I was actually referencing is the last two that she's made, uh, Destroyer, which is a cop noir thriller with... Uh, Nicole Kidman, which came out a couple of years ago, which I really enjoyed, really gritty and and well done and and crunchy. It was great. And then nice. a film I think you guys have both seen uh, that is a film that was just made for Netflix and dropped on the service. Uh, the Invitation. Yeah, man. I, I was is, I was waiting. Yeah. What a film that yeah. is. And that film is so good. I flipping it's love really that Really good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. She made it for like a million dollars or something like that. Really, really micro budget because she didn't. She didn't really work on movies after this, I don't think. I think there was like a six-year gap between this TV, and The it? Invitation. Yeah, and she went back into directing TV. Oh, that, yeah. It's a stunning film, that. Um, yeah. You know, I was quietly aware that, that, was, that there was a link there, but it's just, um, yeah, it's really great to see, actually. For me, I, the only one of all those films you've just mentioned is... Um, well, Jennifer's body now, thanks to yeah. <laughs> Simon's recommendation, and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and the invitation. So yeah, it's really interesting to see a body. And that was part that. of the reason I was so excited to watch this is because I really, really liked the invitation, and that was mm. that's sort of a horror movie, isn't it, or a psychological Yeah, it is in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. So I was really looking forward to her take on on this movie. She's a really good director. I think she might yeah, be doing sure. Dracula for Blumhouse as well. Oh, seriously, forward, if that ever gets made, so very cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, she's a really, really good director. Very, very cool. Um, and we've obviously, obviously, we've already mentioned Diablo Cody, but um, she, Juno was obviously the big one that opened up all the big doors for her. Yeah, won an Oscar, didn't she, for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I've not heard of her in a while. Heard from her in a while. Sorry, what's she up to at the moment? I'm not sure if it was the last film, but the last film I saw of her was that Tully, um, again with Charlize Theron in it. Yeah. Which was really good. And Mackenzie Davis was in it as well. Yeah, they've all got, all her films have got a a similar sort of tone, haven't they? She's got a real unique voice. 
in in the film she writes and it's it, like you mentioned before Rob it's one of those rare occasions in it where the writer of a film is as big as the director attached or the actor attached which you, you don't really see that much unless it's like um a director writer like a Tarantino yeah. or yeah. something like that yeah so yeah she she's definitely um she's a huge name in in movies isn't she you know if 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 you're her name would be on a poster if she's if her latest film is being made. Um, if she if she wrote, you know, yeah, wrote a film, yeah, her name is going to be on that poster. Can I add? It's a good name as well. I mean, I'm assuming it's not her it's not <laughs> <laughs> on her birth certificate, but um, it is a good name for yeah, selling scripts and selling movies. It's attention grabbing, isn't it? And, it definitely uh, is. Yeah, and it, uh, it sort of speaks to her vibe as well within, within the films that she writes. Uh, Young Adult is my favourite of hers, which is another from. Uh, with Charlie Theron in the lead, yeah, but she's uh, she's worked on a lot of TV as well, and then um, uh, yeah, so she's been working prolifically since she won that Oscar back in two thousand and eight. Yeah, I oh, know it's it's great. It's a good, it's a great story, um, and also like well, if we just take this movie by itself, um, the, the dialogue in this it's like it's almost like one of a kindy isn't it you know, absolutely yeah i've not heard this kind of patter anywhere else in any other film i've come across i don't think it's the first thing what jumped out at me is how quick and snappy the dialogue was and and it, you know it's quite obviously written by a, by a woman you know women do speak to each other in this you know they do swear at each other and they they can be a bit vulgar and and things like that and it's like, it's good to see that it's got this Really quick-witted, naturalistic dialogue. Um, yeah, with bite, real bite. Yeah, yeah. she's good at zingers. Very good at a yeah, zinger, yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. Um, every time anyone was talking in the film, I found it supremely enjoyable. So I, I you know, I, as we'll get to, found other areas of the film also supremely enjoyable. But the script was ace. I just thought it was, it was ace. Um, so let's, fellas, let's dive straight into this film, and it opens up. A creepy little house outdoors in the middle of nowhere, and I love this house. Sorry, and and already I'm like I love the the vibes I'm getting from this. You're getting an Evil Dead vibe, yeah, aren't you? It feels like it feels very Sam Raimi, yeah. I think in, in, in the way grubby. it's lit, and even the 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 tracking shots towards the yeah. house as well. There's a lot of nods to Evil Dead, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, even like really obvious ones, like a poster on the wall, and I think there's a T-shirt yeah, yeah. as well. Megan Fox has got a T-shirt on at one point of Evil Dead, so yeah, yeah. There's obviously a lot of inspiration from Raimi's work, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Very homage. Yeah, I'm going to throw this right out on Front Street, as James would say, and I'm going to say I thought Megan Fox is ace in this. Yeah, I think all the performances are really good in this movie. I agree with yeah. you totally. I think because. This was obviously after Transformers, and because of the way she looks, like people automatically assume that's why she's in movies, that's why she's been given roles, and they then just automatically dismiss her actual ability to act. Yeah, she's great in this. She really she's, is. She nails what she's absolutely nails it. What she's supposed to be like a a, a cocky, outspoken uh, high schooler. Yeah, she's she's good. She's really good. Yeah. No, it's true. Anyone can look the part, but she acts yeah. the part as well. She's brilliant. Definitely. It's absolutely brilliant. It's just a great combination of, a, of really good dialogue. She gets most of the best lines in the movie mm. and, a, and yeah. a part that's been tailor-made for her, you know, to sort of inver- um, show off her persona as well. And, um, yeah, she's just absolutely brilliant in this lead role. I think all the... Mm. I, I think all the 
acting is absolutely spot on in this movie. Yeah, I agree totally. Seafried's brilliant right from the beginning because um, if we follow on from this, um, the direction of the movie, we jump straight into Seafried's in sort of like a sanitarium yeah. or like a like a prison for crazy people. I'll be honest, I didn't like this opening with the two flash forwards, basically, because you see Jennifer, uh, Megan Fox's character in her bedroom, and then you see Amanda Seyfried outside the uh, outside the window. Then we get another flash forward to her being in the insane asylum. Then yeah. it flashes back to, I feel like that flash forward to her in the insane asylum doesn't really add much other than to let you know that she's going to get arrested for something later yeah. in the movie. Well, and it kills a bit of the tension, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Um, I also checked the script um, because you can read Diablo Cody's script online and it was like this in the original script. Right, yeah. So it wasn't a studio note that changed this. It was like this from the beginning. And I agree with you. It changes. It's It just robs us of that moment where, where you know there's a doomed ending for Seafried's character. Yeah. You know that it's not going to end well for her. Yeah, that's true, um, actually. And- was it just an excuse to see her um, punt a <laughs> orderly across? I enjoyed that bit. I've got. Again, we're getting a lot. We're getting through a lot of these of things we've never seen, haven't we? So, relic punting an Alsatian <laughs> subterranean wall. I know we're getting to see your girl from Mamma Mia punting an orderly across the uh, across the room in an insane asylum. So we're all. It for was a it. great kick as well. It was a brilliant kick. Super Bowl winning 100-yard field yeah. goal. Yeah. <laughs> but that just only feels like that bit's in there just for the payoff towards the end, which we'll get to. But what frustrated me a little bit about that is, you know, we're watching this and when, you, when you're watching one of the films that you're going to do on the pod, you're not necessarily just watching it just to kick back. You want to watch it with a particular eye on yeah. it so, then, so that you can discuss it properly. So then it doesn't really take too many mental gymnastics to figure out how the rest of the movie then plays out because you've seen the yeah. two flash forwards right at the start. I yeah. think the one outside yeah. the house, because it's really well shot, um, and then you see Needy's, which is Amanda Siegfried's character, outside the window. I think it should yes. then cut to w- the town of uh, Devil's Kettle. Yeah. Yes, I agree totally. And just leave the asi- insane asylum stuff because it's also it's got like a voiceover in there that feels a bit tacked on as well. Uh, it, it's that fourth world buster, isn't it? Yeah, you always get yeah. that with, with these expositional voiceovers where the, you can never tell whether it's something that's been put on afterwards to tie a neat little bow around everything and make it a bit easier to follow or whether it, as you say, Rob, it was in the script originally. Mm. The thing I would say what I do like about the expositional bits, um, and especially when we get to Devil's Kettle and we're introduced to the town and all that, I just really like how all the montages and stuff are put together. Yeah, definitely. Like as she's going through where they live and it's got like little quick cuts of little shots and, and, you know, it paints a really good picture, really succinctly of the town, especially yes. in this like in like a minute or something. Yeah, Sorry, and you're yeah. like you know where you are, you know the sort of town you're in, and it do you do get a the tone of the film because I thought this was going to be a lot more horror than it actually is. Yeah, but then from this opening, I'm like, oh, it's it's a it's a quirky high school movie. That's what this is. This it's not really a horror movie. This is a quirky. A, a funny little high school comedy rather mm. than a horror. Yeah, it's. It, I feel like a little bit like um, 
whatever failings this film has, it's not because of the visual execution of it whatsoever or the the dialogue in the script at all. I think, yeah, we, we you know, obviously we've mentioned that I think Cody probably robs herself of this double flash forward, yeah. as you say, James, of being able to sort of plot a film to a really, you know, a, a really surprising conclusion. Because I don't think, if you'd have left it alone, I don't think it would have, anyone would have seen that Needy's character was going to end up in an insane no. asylum. Uh, you know, like, and I'd much rather have that reveal at the end, like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, it would be so much bigger for me to take in than, well, we know yeah, she ends yeah, up yeah. there, you know, and you know, yeah. But, um, but that said, these are for me. These yeah, exactly. are minor quibbles. In what stuff, we're, yeah. you know, we're talking about enjoying a movie here, aren't we? So, and we're in no position to tell Diablo Cody how to screenplay. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Oscar, the Oscar-winning <laughs> screenwriter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're so in this in this point um, in this point of the movie, we're intro to the town and Needy, who's Amanda Seyfried's character, and Jennifer Megan Fox. And how they're friends, and they're even though they're at opposite ends of the high school social scale, they've been friends since they were little girls, and that's been the case throughout high school, which is which is nice as well because you get it quite a lot in these high school films where the one of them becomes popular and then starts bullying the other yeah. one, and you know you're a bit these yeah, popular I, cheerleader I, kids are usually little shits. I don't think Jennifer is in this. I'm like, she's still all right. She still talks to everyone. She's still nice with everyone. She's a sassy little bitch, but yeah. she's not like a dick to anyone. So no, I agree. I agree with she's you. She's kind totally. of a dick to Chip. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I don't think it's a great friendship, to be honest. With you. I know. I don't even. I felt like um, Needy was. Um, you know, like we mentioned the phrase in the last podcast, the Blade podcast, podcast that Needy's Jennifer's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's. Um, I remember this. You see these sort of relationships in your uh, in my own high school, and it'd be like a really popular girl who'd sort of just like use this kid that she'd known from from when they were really small, and sort of use her as a doormat to get her to sort of do whatever she wanted. And then you know it was just like, oh well, I'm really popular still, so you'll still want to hang out with me. And I thought that was quite an interesting twist. Is that I thought it would be that when the bad thing happens to Jennifer, she becomes more of a dick but she's kind of a dick from the start you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 which i think which is great because it's even more yeah, accurate, so, yeah. you know because those those characters you know nasty high school people you know because we've all been there we've discussed this nasty high school characters are they don't suddenly just like one day go <laughs> yeah. nasty. you know like there's a baseline of yeah. nastiness to a high school bully isn't there you know so yeah, I thought again. I thought the character was great, though, and I like the her sort of. She's vulnerable in her own ways. Like, obviously, needy is called needy, but she, in her own yeah, way, is very yeah, needy. Absolutely, and she plays on the fact that needy hasn't got a lot of self esteem, and she'll basically, if Jennifer's if Jennifer says jump, she'll say how high, and that's what she plays on, and that's why she keeps her around. Yeah, yeah, but it's needy who's actually got the boyfriend in Chip. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Simmons. Is he in uh, Scott Pilgrim, isn't he? That's he is, he yeah. Does. Johnny Simmons. What a nice... Chip Dove is his first name. That's a great name. What a name. <laughs> I mean, such a dude. Um, I really liked him. He's also got earnest eyes. Like, <laughs> he is an earnest eyes <laughs> dude. Lovely yeah. Pete Wentz. How I hair yeah, as well. yeah, oh, God. Yeah. This, this, the film is so naughty's emo. It's oh, it does. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was making me the cringe soundtrack. watching it. Everyone with the baggy yeah. jeans and the the floppy hair, and it's just—I it. think that part of the reason why I 
was I was quite endeared by it, the the time of it all and things because I was a little emo kid when I was in school, so I had a lot to like you know, <laughs> yeah. the music. I just really enjoyed it. It endeared itself quite a lot to me in in the sense of how emo it was. Oh, absolutely! I think in about ten years' time, I'll be a lot more charmed by this era. But I was thinking like now I'm charmed by things from the nineties. Like because I can't really remember them as well, but this feels quite fresh still, and I would have been walking around in yeah, quite yeah. baggy jeans the and still listening wrong. to some absolutely horrible <laughs> music. So it just makes me oh, that wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> um, they're going to a party. The girls are they going go to, to a, a bar, don't they? They're going to see they're going a, to see a, a band. Bar. Yeah, a bar. That's it. Sorry, it's a bar. They're going to see the the band. Uh, off the top of your head, what's the band called? Low, low shoulder. shoulder. Oh, you both got it straight away. Yeah, low shoulder. I thought for some reason I thought. Oh no, it's mentioned about five hundred times in the film. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, low shoulder are the band, and they're fronted by Seth Cohen, the greatest. Oh, re- I love the reveal that it was him. What to oh, do? It's so good. Adam Brody. I look like Ryan Reynolds has become this massive, you know wealth of charisma and I just wish Adam Brody had had half the chance as Ryan Reynolds he's got just as much charisma not got the physique though he's too skinny yeah. is that what it is he's yeah. a handsome dude though isn't he, he is, yeah. but Adam Brody's ace in, he was great in the OC as well You know, he really was yeah, yeah. A, a guilty pleasure of a programme but yeah um, He's great in that. He's great in this. No, he was uh, honestly. I think it was the best thing in the OC. I thought uh, Seth's parents were good. Uh, can't remember either of their names. Um, Ryan was. Marissa. Oh, you know, like, it's a just, walking problem, uh, him wasn't it? He? He was well, just causing he, trouble left, right, and centre. Not the greatest, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, he was the outstanding in it. Seth. I mean, it was his program, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Chris McCarr. He was great. It's just, he, so Adam Brody's the lead singer of this band, and he's a bit of a dick as well, isn't he? <laughs> They're such dicks as well. <laughs> They're such a... dicks, honestly. Like I love it. I, I love, but the writing is so on point. Yeah, that these you know these absolute scummy dudes exist. You know, like From the yeah. city, and he's like, "Yeah, it's really good that we come out and tour around the shitty areas." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he gets the name wrong, doesn't he? When they do the gig, um, <laughs> yeah, and and they're there just to to pick up women, basically, aren't they? And or one specific woman, yeah. And Jennifer is also wanting to get in with the band as well. Like she's been really flirtatious with him and trying to get in. Mm. Um, and then the bar during the gig just catches on fire and <laughs> it all goes a bit like south really quickly. And It does. Yeah. Did the band set it on fire on purpose? Because they seem really chill about it. They was were so chill plan? about it. They, they really were. I felt like they might have had something to do with it. Just before we get into the fire, can I please ask you for the three interesting things that were in this bar before it went all to hell? Chris Pratt was in there. That's, what, that, that's <laughs> one of them. That's one. A guy called Craig. Yes, that's two. King Craig. <laughs> What's the Craig. 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 It's Craig. pronounced as Craig. <laughs> it's not Greg. It's not... Right, it's not a... Ma- oh, God, it makes me so angry. Craig. Craig. How hard is that? Craig. Um, Craig. You're missing one. What's the last thing of oh, interest God, in this bar? What's the last thing? It's a Billy Bass. 
Oh God! If we were supposed to see that, no, it was right. Honestly, it was right behind one of the characters when she was leaning against the wall. Um, once uh, when I was in America with my family, my dad bought a Billy Bass, um, and in the morning after, you know, my brother and I might have had some beverages we weren't supposed to have. Um, <laughs> he walked in and put on the floor in between our camp beds, you know, like the the whatever the sleeping bags. And pressed play on it and left the room. And all, you know, like, don't worry, <laughs> be happy. Uh, like, and he still talks about it to this day. <laughs> what well, we do as well, with rage. <laughs> someone had one of those, I can't remember where it was, and it was just constantly going off. And I, I think I smashed it against the wall because I fucking hated that thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're so shit. <laughs> they're quite niche <laughs> items now. I tried to get one for my dad for Christmas on eBay. Not paying that, mate. <laughs> No, sorry. Uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the the whole. I mean, it goes up. This bar goes yes, up. Yeah, yeah. And and pretty much like loads of people die. You know, Everyone's it, killed. Yeah, <laughs> really like Loki. It's and, unreal. And like Jennifer Needy and the band are so like blasé about the whole thing, and they're just like, what? The the whole thing's on fire, and everyone's dying around you, and none of you give yeah. a shit. It's just so. Weird. I think Chris Pratt died, didn't he? Oh, he's definitely yeah, dead. Yeah, think, oh, he yeah, wasn't famous then, dead, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Craig died definitely. Craig well, definitely he, did, died. He, he had it coming. I'm afraid. <laughs> I love that he had it coming because nobody can pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> yeah. We're, this is a this is a hill we're all willing to die on, isn't it? I will. I will die on I, this hill, lads. I will hold your hands while we die, <laughs> <laughs> defending the hill of Craig. <laughs> Craig. We're Craig. The hill of Craig. No, I'm doing it from Craig. Oh dear. Um. The whole the whole town locks itself in sort of harrowing misery over what has happened. But Megan Fox has gone missing. Well, she gets in the van with the with the band, doesn't well, she? Well, yes, yes, yes. She gets it there because they're a super blasé about it. Like, oh, come with us, we'll look after you. And yeah, she this gets is in. the safest place in the van. Yeah, it's like, is it? <laughs> it doesn't look it. Yeah, he's uh, got a mojito. Where did he get that from? Like... Yeah, <laughs> don't like any of this. And yeah, they just sort of disappear. Needy goes home, looks for Jennifer everywhere, and then whammy, she appears in the middle of the night, and she's not looking too great. No, she looks no. a bit grim, doesn't she? Yeah, bloody bruised and quite demonic. And this is the shift from high school dramedy to something a bit darker, isn't it? And this is where big time. This is where the horror elements sort of start to come in a bit. Um, and then she just chucks up everywhere, doesn't she? Yeah. She eats some chicken. That, that'll that do. You see, she like, eats some store-bought rotisserie chicken. And, uh, <laughs> but I just thought that's what naturally happens when you have that. Because I was like, is she being sick because of the rotisserie chicken? <laughs> I mean, it was a massive pile of black vomit. Like, Spiky ooh, vomit as well. Yeesh. That's what happens, especially if you get it from um, my local Morrison's, because there were there were rumours that the guy who ran the rotisserie chicken stand used to kiss and lick the chickens before. He <laughs> 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 that is just not. That is not uh, a nice thing was, to think about. Was it a true story? Oh. oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I knew a lad who worked on the fish counter, and he said he was he was adamant that the the man would interfere with the chickens. <laughs> interfere! <laughs> what a good expression. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. uh, Well, uh, yeah, they go to school the next day. Yeah. And 
J.K. Simmons is the teacher. Yeah. Uh, and he is amazing. He's so good. He's only in like three scenes as well. He's just so funny every time he's on screen. And he talks about like that, uh, her, the high school preoccupations of, you know, for one day you can forget who's a cool dude or who's a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think he is enduringly brilliant. Yeah. He's randomly got like burn scars up his neck that are never explained. He has a hook for a hand yes. that's never yes. explained. <laughs> not explained. <laughs> I quite like it. I yeah. quite like it for that. Yeah. And Jennifer's back at school, isn't she? Like nothing oh, happened. Yeah, she's like, back. Absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Looking completely rejuvenated. Um, yeah. And like nothing had happened in and she hadn't barfed all over Needy's kitchen the night before and <laughs> threatened to eat her. Yeah. Uh, there's a like the quarterback of the team is very sad because his mate was in the bar the night before. Yeah. So she goes out to see him, Jennifer. This is, and um, there's a brilliant shot across the field. Like, did you do you remember this one? Like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. It's great. Yeah. A, 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 it's it's absolutely brilliant. And she appears next to him, and they decide to go into the yeah because she's coming from that side, isn't she? And then she appears on the opposite yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. It's mad. It's such a good bit of filmmaking. And that's why what this shot primarily is one of the reasons why I feel like it's a really lazy thing to say that this is, you know, visually uninspiring or whatever, you know. There's some really nice camera moves in this. Yeah. yeah. And it really looks the part. And loads of those um, split diopteric shots as yes. well. There's yes. a lot of those, like, yeah. which always look ace. I always love those shots because they just look so, they're such a unique shot, aren't they? They just look really, really nice. They do, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. And she reveals that, um, well, there's a purpose. It's not because she, you know, in grief, she wants to get with this dude. She wants to eat him. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Eat it, yeah. I love when uh, we, we cut away from the from the forest when she's eating him and we just hear his scream, like the distant screams of this football guy. And uh, we cut to J.K. Simmons, who's just like, let it out. Let it all out. Because <laughs> he just thinks he's a morning morning high school. <laughs> and let's not skip over the fact that he gets eviscerated in front of some very curious woodland creature. <laughs> just, yeah. Lovely animals come and have a look. You know, I, I wanted to know how they Lovely do this. Lovely little fox having a little look, like going, oh, what's going on here? God, this is fascinating. Absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, I, I, it, again, I'm, I'm, I've got no problem with any of this. It's great. Yeah. Great, good prosthetics as well. When we go back to the forest oh. and he's being eaten by a deer, and it's just like a deer. De- gross. Right. De- deer are vegetarian, or are they omnivores? <laughs> I don't know. Like, would a, be a deer like automatically swan dive into a chest cavity to get some <laughs> some of the good stuff? I don't know. I, I thought a fox would be a more obvious candidate yeah. for this, but um, I suppose this is part of the aesthetic where nothing's quite as it seems. A deer eating up some guts is pretty on point. That. Yeah, there's certainly something not quite right in Devil's Kettle. Yes, incidentally, Devil's Kettle. I just I love the idea for this place. This because it's based on this geyser, isn't it? That's yeah, rotating. Oh, is it a geyser or like a sinkhole that's rotating? And yeah. stuff that gets chucked in there, you never see again. Is that a real yeah. place? Because that look, I well want to see. That. Yeah, that's I, I believe it was based on something. Let me just do some live Google googling. Just say I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. There, it, I, I literally, I did read it, and it was. Never mind. It's supposed to be based on a real place, but I literally can't find it now. We're on air, so yeah, great preparation, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a good phrase that comes up, though, that I really like in this, um, and I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to say it. 
Um, but it's um, Tragedy Boner. <laughs> I laughed at that as well. I've written that down. Like the whole town has one of these. And it's such an accurate take, isn't it? That sometimes people just flipping love wallowing in misery, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't in this instance or in other instances where there have been, you know, appendages turgid at the site <laughs> of tragedy. But, I mean, like that, that, like that notion of just, you know, like festering in sadness yeah, yeah. is something that I quite enjoyed the portrayal of. I did laugh it cracked me up when um it, it, it cut to all the morning teens with the candles singing the song of Low yes, Shoulder. Yeah. Just like, yeah. oh my through God. the trees i've been humming that all day <laughs> to be fair yeah yeah the thing is the thing that's most upsetting about that is i would have had that on my ipod back in the day easily <laughs> try, try to get it on mine this week <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean we're getting to learn that Jennifer is not all she seems. She's no. got a... Mm. There is a demon in there. And uh, she started looking like poop. And as in, like, purposefully poop. <laughs> um, and because she deliberately lost a load of weight, didn't she, Jennifer, for this um, section of the movie, I believe? Yeah, so Megan Fox, yeah, for, for the bits where... She, so basically what... It transpires that... Um, in order to stay healthy, she has to feast on humans, doesn't she? <laughs> yes. Uh, essentially. Uh, and when she starts to get hungry, her body starts to break down. She goes really pale. She looks really thin and sickly. And then, yeah, apparently Megan Fox really lost all that weight for those particular scenes. Mm. She does look deathly. In the, she in does, but, you know, it's not just like a... It's not a stunt thing. She's also very good in those scenes as well. Like she's yeah. extra frustrated uh, because she's obviously not getting the nutrition she needs. So you know, like, but she's extra, like, you know, hacked off, isn't she? Yeah. You know. But she asks Colin, oh, emo Colin, poor Co- yeah, he's like uber emo. Yeah. As soon as I saw him earlier in the movie, I was like, he may as well just have dead meat written across his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line, isn't there, where uh, she's talking to Needy about Colin because Colin and Needy are quite close. Like he, yeah, he's like one of her friends, isn't he? And um, and and Jennifer says something like, "There's a line where he's like, oh, he's into maggot rock and wears nail polish. My dick is bigger than his." <laughs> <laughs> but then this weird thing happens that Needy says that she he's actually quite a cool guy and a really good writer, and then all of a sudden she really takes a shine. To him, doesn't she? And there's yes. this weird sort of poisonous dynamic, yeah. That's obviously inherent in their friendship, where yeah, she anything feel like you like, I've got to have, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think Fox is really she's taken this role really seriously, and she's gone all in here. I don't think she gets enough credit, especially when she invites Colin to her house, yeah. And he gets there, and it's not really a house. It's a house that's being built, but there's Acon on. <laughs> oh, oh, on my notes, on my notes, I've wrote. Did you enjoy the sweet sound of Akon, Rob? <laughs> My body! Yeah, mashing up R&B icons here. But yes, I like, absolutely loved it. When And again, it was one of those where 
<laughs> the song sounds better in the film than it does in real life. Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Is it just like the fact that by virtue of imagery alongside it, is it like, therefore, another sense has been engaged yeah. and therefore it's even better? I don't know. But um, oh, I was so delighted. It's because you're watching the movie and you're not really listening to what is a pretty horrible uh, <laughs> little R&B it was, it was the edited version. Let's just yeah. get that right. It was the edited version. Because I agree with you about the unedited version. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the edited version is actually very sweet. Um, <laughs> um, and he was, um, yeah, he, when faced with the imminent sex that is befalling upon him, he, like, he's gone from, like, this confident persona shriveling down hasn't he really nervous like he's yeah. like twirling his beads and all this kind of stuff again just like a really realistic portrayal of when you break down the the shields and shells of these high school characters what you're left with is like real anxiety real nervous people mm. you know yeah. no one's ever quite what they say they are it was quite incisive for me yeah definitely yeah because this this scene is cut with needy and chip and I, I guess it was Needy losing your virginity, wasn't yeah. it? And, and Chip as well, I think. And Chip as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just, I, I really like the exchange as well, where like Chip thinks that he, because she's having visions of Jennifer and all the carnage and stuff like that. Yeah. And Chip notices, but he his immediate thing is like, oh, am I too big? He's <laughs> just like, oh, my God. And so every dweeb in that situation would, would be so like arrogant to think that's what it was. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's really funny. Really, really good. Uh, Jen- before long, Jennifer's scooping out Emo Collins' insides, eating yeah. it like a big old <laughs> soup. <laughs> um set design was great throughout i thought i really liked you yeah. know the main places like needy's house school obviously was on point the bar was brilliant but it was really like in this house where colin ends gets his life ended sorry that um i thought like yeah you know like i like the locations the set design i like the production design mm. here it's all good yeah it, it, it it's got a bit of a sheen to it which like Again, horror films wouldn't really have, yeah, because it looks like a high school movie rather than a horror film, and because of the humor as well, which sort of dilutes the horror elements. Mm. Um, it's very gory though, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, Megan Fox is constantly covered in blood or got a head in someone's stomach, <laughs> just like yeah, gorging on intestines. So it is quite <laughs> gory though. That, that there's not a problem there, but considering I'm really a total wuss when it comes to horror films. I was t- totally fine watching this in terms of the horror horror bits. Yeah, no, this this wasn't... Yeah, it's not like a horror... It's funny because you, if you decide... If you agree that it's not a horror film and we, we all sort of agree it's not yeah. a horror, really, like, what is it then? Well, it's just a teen Cause... comedy drama, yeah. isn't it? Like... <laughs> yeah, but like... But it's got... Uh... A, a woman feasting on someone's inside. The thing is, when when there's a man-eating demon in there, you know you have to take it on that basis. It is supposed to have these horror elements in it, and different yeah. sort of go well. So you, it's not unreasonable then to expect some scary moments in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's possibly where the film falls down. But to be honest with you, that's probably the least interesting aspect of the film mm. in terms of. Yeah. That's more just the hook, really. The actual yeah, yeah, interpersonal right, relationships, the performances, and the dialogue, and what the 
um, or what's the most interesting aspects? Well, of the film? And, yeah. and the satire as well, the satire, like the satire of the high school system. Um, this leads nicely on to we we very quickly end up in uh, finding out what happened in this um, in the van. What yeah. happened to her? Because yeah. she goes around for a sleepover. Sorry, Megan Fox goes around for a sleepover at Needy's house and tells her what happened. And they say that it's the music band have decided to sacrifice a virgin who they yeah. erroneously believe is Megan Fox. Uh, Jennifer, sorry. Um, and the line is, Satan is our only hope to make it in the music industry. <laughs> It's such another brilliant skewer. The whole the whole bit of the band is brilliant, and it's why Adam Brody's perfect as that. Yeah, you know, guy liner wearing douchebag lead singer <laughs> who just wants fame and fortune, and yeah. the lengths they would go to get it. It's <laughs> sacrificing so, uh, a virgin. It's, it's brilliant, and, and she's so good. Megan Fox is so good in this scene as well. Um, by the Devil's Kettle pool or whatever it's called. And and they stab her to death. It's horrendous what happens it's, to her. It's really grim, isn't it? It's horrible. Um, it's absolutely awful. Yeah, but um, because they, they when she tells this story as well, um, they have a, they share a kiss, don't they? Um, mm, when, they when do. she's telling the story, and I think this is what the most interesting thing of the film is: is the relationship between Jennifer and Needy. Mm. Yeah, and she's the only one she can tell who she you know about what's happened. And there is a weird connection between the two because she's needy's getting all these visions about what happened, and you know she knows there's something not quite right, right with Jennifer. Yeah. No, I, I I feel like it's no, it's funny what what I was reading from this though, because um, obviously I did a little bit of reading around, and um, this scene came up a couple of times, and in the context that um, a lot of people felt it was a very accurate portrayal of confusion at this point in lives and exploration and exper- experimentation for a lot of people as well and they felt that it was really sensibly and tenderly handled and I feel like it was, it's sad that this scene happens in a film that's been packaged as a Megan Fox yeah, that's movie, it. <laughs> you know what I mean, when in fact that we should be talking about, you know, what sensitive scene that is or, you know, what a well handled scene that is. Yeah. Because yeah. the actresses the... obviously loved being involved in this film. They obviously enjoyed doing it. They obviously believed in the characters and believed in the parts. So the marketers should have trusted them on that. Yeah, but all they've done is sold the salacious details of that particular sequence, haven't they, and put that front and centre as to what the film is when it isn't. It's really horrible what apparently... You know, there's that rumour that they wanted to get her to chat on a porn website, Megan Fox to talk on God. to get, you know, to, to advertise a movie, what's a high school film about two girls, the relationship between two girls, it's just, yeah, it's just, what it's were gross. they thinking that that it's market gross. seems really gross, but yeah. it's probably, this, this seems probably a good point, Um, when I was looking into the film, I found a really good, you know, the, the sort of reasons behind why it's become quite popular in recent years and in 2018 there was an article uh, from Constance Grady in Fox that actually a new critical consensus had formed in this film oh wow completely different from the one before which was this rubbish tepid horror looked really boring high school rubbish and this new consensus was forming that appreciated the film as a forgotten feminist classic she stated that after the Me Too movement sort of highlighted sexual harassment and all this misconduct misconduct in the media, the film having this stupid douchebag boy band sacrificing a girl to, for their own gain 
has just got some like proper relevance now and and that's exactly what Diablo Cody was writing about back then but no one yeah. it went over everyone's head at the time because yeah. people were so naive to think that that didn't exist in the industry outside of the women it was happening to and now since all this has come out it's got a much more relevant thread to the story and it, 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 people have seen that now and and you know rather than being this sort of sex fantasy movie it's a revenge film about this yeah. girl who's been yeah, treated a feminist revenge film. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the the sort of same sex les you know experimentation thing is another part of that. Like they don't need men, you know. It's yeah. How, I think how, it's. How, um, oh, I agree. I, I love the fact that the retro retrospectively, the film has found new new life from that. I, I find it really sad. Again, you know, I'm still struggling to get my head around it. That. People, you know, people, executives, movie executives, decision makers must have seen this script and gone. So it's it's Oscar winner Diablo Cody. It's got a load of blood in it, and two chicks get it on in it. You know, that's but that'll be the way they that's, saw it. That's what they boiled it. Down yeah, and they were like, bingo, that's the marketing campaign. Yep. Yeah, and just that, and then they go from there. When in fact, it's just so far from that. Uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. And it goes back to that argument as well, like how a film like this, which is written by a woman, directed by a woman, completely about women, you get an aggregate of really low reviews because it's a male-dominated, um, a male-dominated field. You know, writing movie reviews. Um, yeah. Says three blokes talking about. <laughs> talking about <laughs> movie, like. Yeah. Um, but the, ju- just to like round this little segue off, um, which sums up the attitude of the the film at the time a segment from a review on real views and they said uh they summed this film and just said if you're in search of a, for a way to ogle megan fox's body there are a hell of a lot better ways to do it than subjecting yourself to this rubbish dear me and it's just like well if that's what you're going into this fucking film then you're just <sighs> being a dick and unfortunately yeah, those reviews uh, drag this rotten tomatoes thing score down and, and the, the aggregate score down. on top of that i mean I feel now that we should be lucky that this actually, you know, managed to get a female director attached to it in the fo- in the first place. Yeah. You know, because the obviously the production team behind it wanted it to go a certain way. Well, I mean, even certain, certain you know, lots of the characters in it, but I keep going back to Chip, but Chip's one of the most sympathetic boyfriend characters I've ever seen yeah, in a sure. film, you know. He's I a mean, really nice dude. He even it? got that right. You know, yeah. like that, one of the nicest dudes in it, you know, in a high school movie. Oh dear, we could. I mean, it's, I think it's very right that we point these things out, and hope that people go and look at this movie and look at it through their own eyes with their own expectations, and hopefully not through the expectations of the people who obviously wanted this film to be a certain thing. Um, anyway, the dance, the dance, <laughs> yeah. Every Lovely. high school movie has a dance. Of course it does. Of course it does. Oh, it has Chip, to. Chip has spent $12 on an orchid corsage and he's really gutted that <laughs> she doesn't want to go with him. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, strange. Needy breaks up with him, doesn't she? Because she's she's come across the fact that whatever she has, Jennifer wants, essentially. Yeah. Took her long enough. And she breaks up with him because she thinks he'll be in danger. But he's still going to the dance anyway, even though she tells him not to, because even though she lays it all out and he doesn't go, right, you're out of your mind. He's more just like, I'm still going to go to the dance. 
<laughs> anyway, and uh, he runs into Jennifer while he's crossing the park on the way with his <laughs> Doctor Who scarf on. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I love Chip's attitude. He's like, all right, I'm going to go anyway. The only thing that would have made this better is if when Needy arrived, he was in the middle of like... In the dance now, but... Um, I do. I I like Chip in this movie, guys. I think yeah. he's a dude, proper dude. <laughs> he's a very nice boy. Very he nice. really, really is. Yeah, he's he's yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, so Jennifer's there, Needy's there, all the ingredients are there. We know that Jennifer is gasping because she's not killed anyone in a while. Yeah. Um, and the oh, you know, the inference really is that it's Chip she's after. She wants to finish off. Uh, well, she wants her next meal to be Chip. And she tells lies to her, to him, sorry, about yeah. like, oh, you know, Needy, the reason she got rid of you is because she's been with loads of other dudes and stuff. And like, Colin, like, isn't Colin, it? Like, she, yeah, she Colin, cheating yeah. on, cheating I'm on like, Colin. This is yeah. not on. This is not, this is not cool. Now uh, let's go to these abandoned swimming baths. And... Because obviously everywhere <laughs> has the. Yeah, the art of seduction from a succubus, because that's what she's... It's inferred, isn't it? Yeah, isn't yes. That? She's a succubus. Yeah. goddamn um. succubus! <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the episode with Chef's mum and dad? And <laughs> in the lock, that's <laughs> Let me see if i got tree fitting. <laughs> God, that episode is so good. <laughs> uh, that's the only... That, South Park is the only reason I know what a succubus is. <laughs> 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 Uh, the abandoned swimming pool banter, and, and it's finale time. Uh, Megan Fox gets stabbed big time. Well, she eats uh, chip, doesn't she? Eats chip, yeah. She yeah. Eats chip, yeah. chip gets munched. Yeah, ne- uh, Needy jumps into the the swimming pool to find she's just gorging on his neck, and 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 you see yeah. the full uh, and. It's probably you don't see it that often, do you? You know the the open mouth CGI vampire yeah. face type thing. I, I, this is one of the things I liked about the film, how a lot of it is inferred what's happened rather than yeah, actually yeah. seeing stuff. Mm. And probably because, you know, it wasn't an insane budget for this film, so they were had to be quite sparing where they used those bits and where the CGI was there. And they were just quite clever to show it in other ways rather than to show ropey CGI, like a ropey yeah. face. And this is like <laughs> the one time you see it, isn't it? And it's, it's all it's pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we've got again no no real quibbles because it's it's not in like the daytime and you can see yeah, yeah. everything and and uh, there's there's some really funny lines in this standoff as well. So yes. so Needy jumps into the pool to rescue Chip, doesn't she? And then Jennifer starts hovering above the pool and she's like, and Chip's like, oh my god, she can fly. She's like, it's hovering. It's not actually that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> And then she calls Jennifer a jerk, and she says, "Oh yeah, good insult, Hannah Montana." Like it's, it's just some really, <laughs> yeah, really good no, it's, zingers it's going good. back and forth there. And they, yeah, and they've obviously got good chemistry as well, Seafried and um, uh, Fox. Yeah. Um, and before we know it, Chip has managed to jam some like a big piece of wood in Megan Fox's body, and it's bad. But she escapes again. Um, yeah. And that bookends the movie because we've got this flash forward scene finally comes back around mm. where Jennifer's lying on the bed, not feeling so great. And um, this scene was so much scrappier and harder to watch than I expected it to be. It, it's that intimacy, isn't it, of like being on top of, you know, like 
just stabbing, just stabbing is horrible, isn't it? It's she's really got a, a box cutter, hasn't she? Uh, a Stanley knife, and she's going to town with it, trying to yeah. stab Jennifer in the heart, uh, which she manages to do. And there's that horrible, you know, hopelessness to Jennifer. I mean, obviously, she didn't choose to be possessed. Yeah. She ended up being possessed, but there's a hopelessness mm. to it all. And again, both actresses are brilliant in this scene. The mum comes in and finds Needy there with the box cutter over the body. Yeah. And that's why we end up in, ta-da, the insane asylum. <laughs> um, and yeah. Jennifer managed to bite her, didn't she? And then she, she sort yeah. of lets... Oh, I missed that. Reveal, yeah, and she reveals that um, he's sort of told in these text of the occult that if you're bit by a demon and survive then some of that demon's power goes in you so that's why uh, Needy can now just boot people across the <laughs> really and levitate ah! you. She's basically a demon <laughs> version of Blade isn't yes! she? Like, uh... <laughs> yes the extended, yeah. extended multiverse uh, I can't believe I missed that Did you not wonder why she was levitating in the... <laughs> I assumed that I... I... <laughs> I assume power had transferred at some point, but as we all know, I don't ask that many questions, James. <laughs> uh, but she floats and crashes her way out of solitary confinement, and my notes say, she's floating and crashing, and what is she, a demon now? What is happening? So, uh, yeah, I obviously missed all of that. <laughs> he hosts a film uh. podcast. So we know. <laughs> but she, yeah, she gets out of prison quite easily, and then finds the Bowie knife the band used to kill Jennifer. Yes, um, in the in in the what what is that river stream thing called? Yeah, so the vortex actually comes out next to the uh, co- to the asylum that she's being housed in, isn't it? It comes out of a grid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see what's chucked down there again. Massive Bowie knife, which the band incidentally were really impressed that it was a Bowie knife because it's just called Bowie. <laughs> Such a great line, that. Such a good line. Uh, and uh, she makes it to the road, and she sees someone. Oh, this took me so by surprise that I was so happy when I saw his craggy old face. It's none other podcast alumni. Lance, Lance Hendrickson. Yes! I was just shooting a Bigfoot movie down the road, and I was passing <laughs> all the cameras. <laughs> Thought I'd lend my gravitas to this one. Uh, oh, it's so good to see every movie he comes in. I mean, is that four appearances for him? I can't even remember how he's, many. He's that much of a legend. Oh, God, lost count. Five, I think. Is it five? Yeah. Flipping heck. Yeah. He is, again, having an absolute beano. Is there anyone who doesn't enjoy being on screen more than him? Or, or, sorry. Over 200 credits. So, no, I don't think there is. (laughs) IMDb suggests no. Well, Tom Sizemore, by the sounds of it. (laughs) Just in 2020. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, end credits. uh, Crime scene photographs. It, it looks like Needy ended up at the hotel where Lone Survivor, no, they're not called that, Lone, Lone, Lone Shoulder, uh, were, were hanging out and she's done them all in with the same Bowie knife. Yeah. The credit sequence is ace because it's like its yeah. own self-contained found footage movie. It is, yeah. Five it, it, it is good. It's very good, actually. Um, and that's like using, like, you've got screen time. Credits are screen time. Yeah. Use your screen time. Why not? You know. Yeah. Um, and thus endeth the movie. 
Gentlemen, best bits. What do we got? Well, I must be honest that I laughed out loud at the reveal of J.K. Simmons' hooked hand and had to stop <laughs> moving for, a, for a 30 seconds because I was missing stuff. Uh, but my actual favourite bit was when Emo Colin invited Jennifer to a screening of Rocky Horror and she responds super deadpan with, I don't like boxing movies, which was just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I, 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 did, I must admit, that did make me think of like the Rocky sequence of films like so we got one, two, three for Rocky Horror. Rocky <laughs> Just the Just, Halloween spin-off. Yeah, yeah, where he went and battered zombies for 90 minutes in Soviet Russia, presumably. Superb. <laughs> what, what about you, Sai? Uh, my favourite bit was a line by um, Seth Cohen just before they're about to sacrifice Jennifer. The band are arguing why they should do it. And uh, Adam Brody says, um, he says to one of them, do you want to be a loser or do you want to be rich and awesome like that guy from Maroon 5? (laughs) 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 Like that's the yardstick. That's the yardstick of fame. And is is Adam Levine from Maroon 5. That's so good. So good. I think my my favourite bit would be um I really like the, the bar sequence, the early bar sequence when low shoulder play for the first time. There's just something about like I just really enjoyed the whole sequence. Kinda like the song, gotta be honest. Um <laughs> and I just dug it all and, and you know, Brody's performance is brilliant. He's so good as that really smarmy, sick dude really as the front man yeah he's excellent as it so i would say all of that and also topped off with the billy bass and the craig um it was perfect <laughs> for me <laughs> uh so what about therefore for your reconsideration uh so you will go last as it was your your pick even though you've never seen it before <laughs> uh, so james for your reconsideration jennifer's body <laughs> sorry so yeah as we've sort of touched on as a horror movie it doesn't work because it isn't remotely scary but as a smart aleck teen comedy about the disintegration of a friendship it's actually pretty good and i enjoyed it on that level uh the dialogue is zippy and authentic and as authentic as you'd expect from a diablo cody screenplay the performances are good and the premise is really fun i just wish it possessed a little more heft in the scare department perhaps those elements are more prevalent in the director's cut but that's not the version of the film i saw and i don't think that's actually available on the streamers oh. It's a fun movie and then certainly fun to be had here. So I would say if you happen to come across it, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I would, to jump straight off that, definitely. Um, this was a massive surprise to me. I always wanted to check it out, but I hadn't ever before um, had the occasion. Great performances, really great script, good-looking movie, lots of, you know, um, really incisive takes on certain topics and things that we all yeah. know very well, having grown up in the area that we did do. Um, and yeah, it's got J.K. Simmons with a hook for a hand talking about <laughs> cool dudes and hoes. Um, it's got Craig. It has, you know, people getting <laughs> Chris eviscerated. Pratt. It's got Chris Pratt. It's Chris got Lance Henriksen. Yeah, yeah right. it's great. And um, I really think that people should give this a chance. It's also got a career best performance from Megan Fox in it. Um, I know yeah. the, the naysayers out there will have their own things and snappy one-liners to say about Megan Fox. 
she acts, she can act, she acts really damn well in this movie. So you need to give that credit. So yeah, Zace. Yeah. I think Jennifer's body gets uh, a thumbs up from me. <sighs> what a risk! It's, it's it's just about paid off, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I sort of discussed on the little midway point segue, um, I just think it's a hell of a lot deeper than it appears on the surface. And uh, being a film written by Diablo Cody, you wouldn't expect anything less than that. Um, The script's really good. Uh, It's just got so much great dialogue between a cast of characters that just look like they're having heaps of fun. And I love that when that comes across on screen, that everyone on board is just having a good time making a movie. Um, And I really got that from, from this film. As James said, if you... If you're looking at it as a horror movie, it's really not scary, I don't think. But as this high school comedy, yeah, I I just think it's way better than was suggested on release. I think it got a really unfair panning when it came out. Obviously, they marketed it wrong to the wrong audience. That's why it didn't do so good on that front. But yeah, it, it's well suited for, especially this time of year around Halloween, it, it's more suited for a humorous, spooky treat rather than an all-out Halloween scare fest. And a good couple movie, I think. I think. I think you're right. Uh, a, a young, a young boyfriend and girlfriend would get a lot of kicks out of this. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had. Nice, nice. That is a trifecta of thumbs up. I think from us all. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So Jennifer's body, go reconsider. Go watch it. Um, we got it on the Amazon Prime. Is that right? Or like yeah, I watched yeah, it on there, but yeah, cool. I watched it on yeah, it's not yeah. it's not streaming with anyone's membership at the moment. I don't think um, so. It is a rental, but I believe it's widely available on all the rentals. nice. Well, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Brilliant, fellas. Really, really enjoyed that. Next time we're out, it's back to me and my pick, and <sighs> I have Can't for you the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. This is the Robert Krasetka. Oh gosh, Robert D. Kraskowski. Oh God, <laughs> Robert D. Kraskowski. Oh, what was the name of the film again? What What are we watching? <laughs> the The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. Uh, I mean, Ro- that has got everything. That's a marketing campaign. Honestly, have you guys? Uh, seriously, have you guys? Since I mentioned this, have you looked at any of the? No, no, no! I want to go in completely fresh. Uh, go in as cold as you possibly can, because um, I, I cannot wait to talk to you about this. Oh my god! Um, and this is actually a long-time listener, uh, Simon Buick. He put me onto this film maybe six months ago and said, "Rob, this is your bag." He was so flipping right. Oh, so it's thank got you, Bigfoot Simon. Bigfoot in the title, of course. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was pitching to the right audience. Um, cheers fellas it's been great tonight Um, everyone please uh, join us on the Twitters thanks for listening send us five stars to your podcast uh, subscriber of choice and join us next time for the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot say goodbye boys bye 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 oh so cathartic it's telemere Oh, so nice. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Lance Henriksen's tapping on my window. He wants to make a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Has he seen you've got a camera and a light on? (laughs) I just saw a light. Go away. You're making a movie in there. You guys making a movie in there? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want some Lance Henriksen?